this week on Behind the Message. With it's Dick Christmas! <laughs> Are you ready for Christmas? I'm so excited. I interrupted you, but I'm sorry. It's Christmas! And Advent is here. There you go. <laughs> Church family, welcome to Behind the Message, our Advent edition. And we are glad that you are here, and we are glad that you have stuck with us for our 18th episode, which we are a grown-up. We are a grown-up. Behind the Message can now. vote. It can vote. It can, uh, it, it can go to college. Okay. Uh, oh, can smoke cigarettes. Or, oh, behind, oh, wait, 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 behind the message. Or it, chewing tobacco. Because we're in East Tennessee. Remember, we started this whole thing when she... <laughs> Shoot Habakkuk. You, Habakkuk. You have circled, Give me some Habakkuk. Yeah. You have circled Circle, all, chew, the chew tobacco, all the way around. All right, so honest answer. Have you ever chewed chewing tobacco? No. You struck me as the kind of, Doesn't she kind of strike... I mean, you grew up in this area. I thought it might be a thing. No no chewing tobacco in your history. None whatsoever. Is this a serious question? Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but thank you for enjoying Behind the Message and allowing us to do this. Um, we have enjoyed it, and we pray that it served you well. We are going to take... Um, a break. This is our last episode for the year 2020, the year that would never come to an end, <laughs> but it is coming to an end. And so behind the message, this is our last one for 2020. And we'll talk about plans for next year here in just a little bit. But um, anyway, continue to send us sweet Christmas messages to our behind the message email address. Sweet messages to Daniel, hard questions to Jennifer. Reverse that and tell us Merry Christmas and all that fun stuff. But anyway, that, that link will still be open. That email address will still be open over the break. So um, this week, um, Paul shared with us the Advent message number three. Is this the third? This was the third Advent message, I think. Anyway, um, Paul preached this week. We gave him the morning off. Merry Christmas, Paul. So he's not here to do a sermon recap. But we do just kind of want to talk through what got us out of the message from this past weekend. So Daniel, what got you? From this week. Uh, yeah, so we're we're in the Advent series uh, where we're looking to Jesus's coming. Uh, we're both going back and acknowledging his first coming. Uh, that's what we celebrate and acknowledging Christmas. But we're also looking ahead to his second coming. And so as we do that, there's just walking through these uh, first two chapters of Matthew, kicking off our Matthew reading plan. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But we've just been diving into these uh, these truths that we find examples of and highlighted, whether that's in the genealogies or whether that's this week in the call to worship yeah. and what it means for us to recognize that God took on flesh, that he might redeem the world. And so uh, I think Paul did a great job of going back through the scriptures and just calling us to worship. And not leaving worship as being this kind of big idea that was so foreign for us that we always kind of work up to. God is worthy of more worship than we're going to give him. We know that. But the idea of worship is really simple. Mm -hmm. It is the devotion and the pursuit of your life toward that thing. Mm -hmm. And that happens all the time with all sorts of things in our life. And we kind of prioritize our worship. And one of the things that we get wrong as Christians, and Paul alluded to this, and this is my big takeaway, it's normal in those daily things of worship, we prioritize certain things. So you might have a hobby and you might have a little bit of worship, a little bit of devotion, a little bit of pursuit to that hobby, but you might give more worship to your kids or to your family. Yeah. And one of the mistakes that we do is try to fit God into those priorities. Mm -hmm. And so what we do in our daily life is we arrange him. Mm -hmm. And I think what we recognize in this passage and in this this whole kind of dynamic here where these wise men are coming. They are setting aside 
their life. Mm -hmm. They've left family, they've left job, they've left everything. Why? Because he is worthy of it all. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of worship we're ultimately called to. It's not just a matter of organizing him into our life where he fits mm -hmm. and somehow even prioritizing him. It is making him the center of everything and all of our life. And that's our constant pursuit of worship. And that's really convicting. And you can see that play out in practical ways. And these wise men, that they would leave everything, they would come find this baby, and that they would worship. They would give to him. They would sacrifice their time, their energy to him because he is worthy. So that kind of uh, removing of a priority scale and just acknowledge that it all belongs to him. And that, that's my big takeaway. What about you? Well, I was highly convicted because this time of Christmas, which I love, is a fight. And it's a fight to worship um, who we were designed and created to worship and not worship all um, the glitz and the commercialism and all that. Yeah. Um, and we would never say we worshiped all that, but yet our time and our attention and our effort and our activity go to those things versus um, the effort, the mental effort, honestly, that it takes. It is a mental pursuit and it is a spiritual pursuit and it is a sacrificial pursuit um, to focus our hearts and our minds on Christ and the glory of who he is. And it's a fight and the world will continue to make it a fight. And, you know, the enemy would love nothing more than for us to blow out Christmas in this huge, wonderful way. And in the midst of all that, miss worshiping his advent and his second advent and his second coming and glorying in that. So um, we are, as Paul stated, we are creatures created as worshipers. And we will worship. And today, we will. I will worship today. Um, and it is our choice where we focus that worship. That's one of the, I think you're, you're touching on one of the harder things with Christmas for us. We, we are distracted people. Yeah. We like things that are simple and entertaining. Yeah. And frankly, we've, we have reduced the value of truth in our culture. And that's not just somebody else, that's you and me. We're impacted by that. Uh, I mean, go back, for example, 50 years and look at a newspaper. And the word count in those newspapers will astonish you. Why? Because the content mattered so much more. There was a pursuit of truth. Now we don't even communicate with words. We just send the little mm -hmm. things to make us feel something. Or gifts yeah. that Dustin makes. Yeah, yeah, you do that kind of stuff. <laughs> Insert a few right here. So I, I, I think what I would want you to catch in that is Christmas becomes this thing that's supposed to make us feel good. Mm -hmm. We've reduced our Bible study to these 15-minute devotions that somehow set our emotions for the day. Yeah. Not a study to really pull out truth. Mm -hmm. And one of, the, oh, one of the things that happens in East Tennessee, I'm going to step on some toes a little bit, but it's true. You ever hear those comments, well, like, that's over my head. Well, I'm just, so, yeah. and okay, Here's what you're really saying with that. I mean, truth, not feeling. I get what you're feeling, but here's the truth. The truth is God is way over your head. Who he is, what he's done for you, his grace, his, all of it's way over your head. When you say it's way over my head as an excuse not to pursue it, you're saying he's not worthy of worship. He's not worthy of knowing. And what you're saying is that work isn't worth it. I just want to feel good. I want to be comfortable. And Christmas is such a temptation to just sit back in the distraction of the lights and the trees and the presents and even the Christians part of that, the nativity scenes and all the cute little fluffy parts of it, that we don't really pause and acknowledge who he is 
and our sin and what it meant that he took flesh to pay the penalty for that sin mm -hmm. and to dwell on those truths, to search them out in yeah. the scriptures. And so what we get for Christmas often is the cheaper version of that mm -hmm. because like you said, the discipline to set our minds to that yeah. is so secondary to our desire to be entertained or to feel something. Mm -hmm. And it robs us mm -hmm. of a grace in Christmas. We'll talk about that on Sunday. Yeah, that's awesome. So very practically then, I'll put you on the spot. What are some things that your family does or things that families can do in order to keep that pursuit of, that disciplined pursuit of worshiping Christ in the midst of a culture and a world that is always going to try to put our, our focus on everything else? What are some things that you do? All right, so, so just some practical things. We do, uh, we celebrate Advent in our mm -hmm. home, uh, so we count down those days. Uh, when Lena was smaller, each day kind of has its thing. Mm -hmm. We work through it. Uh, but we do a lot of things, Amy and I, kind of around the idea of Christmas mm -hmm. to keep it from some of that. Yeah. So, for example, Christmas is the most minimum present thing that we do. Uh, we, we, we'll do bigger birthdays. We celebrate Amazon Prime Day. Like Amazon Prime Day <laughs> is like Christmas at our house. That's where we celebrate consumerism and stuff. We just go buy a bunch you know, of stuff. I have it's a incredible. story to tell about that. Um, I don't know how long, I don't know how long you had been at the church and Mike for the first time experienced your excitement over Amazon Prime Day. And well, he scheduled like an all day meeting. I mean, it was horrible. <laughs> well, and so he said that you came in, he said, Danny was so excited. He came into my office and was excited about this garden hose that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't even need one, but it was like two bucks. You know, I had to send that garden hose back. It, it didn't even work And right. there's the lesson and there's for the celebrating yeah. Amazon Prime Day. Okay, I totally but it was interrupted fun. you. All okay. right, so, we, so the point is, when, by the time we get to Christmas, yeah. we don't do the, you know, the elf on a shelf. And th these things aren't wrong. We just don't do that's a good, lot of that we stuff. we do the elf on the shelf. See, and that's fine. Yeah. And the movement of that, again, those are freedom choices yeah. that you're making. So we try to set aside Christmas as much as possible to call us into those things. Mm -hmm. And we do crazy leprechauns on St. Patrick's Day instead of Elf on the Shelf. So we built in different routines in our family that are, let's say, celebrated as much culture. Right. It's the same thing, but it really holds that as special. Yeah. So we try to do that with Easter and we try to do that with Christmas. Awesome. And so it, it centers more that way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What about you? Um, we do Advent, and we started just a couple of years ago um, having daily, there's a little daily scroll that yeah. we open, and um, has the verse, and we tie it to the FTP and what's going on with the Advent reading plan, and, and open that, but then there's also an activity that we do, but it's to build that anticipation of the coming, um, but it keeps us in the Word, and um, the kids follow through the Advent reading plan, and we try to prioritize as much as possible um, the Word of God and the truth of God and perspective doing that. So we'll uh, read scripture, you know, over meals, we'll read our Advent, and then we try our Advent activities are for the most part doing for others. It's not a focus on um, our family and the getting, it's the focus on giving and sharing and um, serving other people. So that's a big part of it. And we do the Elf on the Shelf too, because it's funny. But We do the Christmas gift thing too. I mean, yeah. we really try to do that. Matter of fact, Lena yeah. was trying to, we were talking about that even Sunday coming mm -hmm. up. She's like, how, how much should I do and how does this work? Is for her, she's just getting to the point to where I have these things. Yeah. And before it was, oh, I'll give all of it yeah. because there's no sense of value <laughs> yeah. or worth. Or like, yeah. But now there's a connection to that. And it's like there's it's a, a wrestling. And so you're walking through some of those Which things. And so awesome. we try as much as we can to let Christmas be about those yeah. things. And, and 
get into the depths yeah, of truth. That. That's good. So for our church family, we do have just some ways that you can do that, some ways that you can participate um, in Advent in this season in um, leading your family to the truth yeah. um, and to pursuing the truth of Christmas, Christmas beyond um, the commercial aspects and beyond what the world wants you to pursue in Christmas. And um, anyway, so we have some things to go along with that. If you guys have not gone onto our church website and just clicked on Advent on the banner. I mean, it opens this Pandora's box of um, activities and reading plans and FDP guides and music and and all of this stuff that you can use um, just as a tool. And it makes it very easy, and it's right there, to point your family to Christ and to worship the King this Christmas season. So the Advent reading plan is there. Um, And if you all haven't noticed this by now, our church is so fabulously diligent in making sure that there is a reading plan in front of us continually. So Bible 2020 ended. We went straight into Matthew and into Advent that's tied into Matthew. And so there's a reading plan online right now. You can read with your family, um, read yourself, dig into scripture. So that's there. So what else is going on this Christmas season? Yeah, there's the reading plan, the the family discipleship plan that's there for your kids. It walks them, uh, again, it parallels big truths that are on display in those first two chapters of Matthew. So that's a great resource for you. We're also going to have a Christmas Eve service, but it's going to be virtual. It's all going to just be online. Uh, And set aside time that Christmas Eve and just watch that with your family. And so we're going to have music and song to sing. We're going to have uh, just really short teaching times. We're going to read God's word, make a point or two that will connect with you and your family, help you get into a place to think on these things and talk about these things. So look forward to the Christmas Eve service. Just a lot that's there. And you talked about all those resources. Here's a personal story in that. When I was, I don't know, I was probably 15-ish, maybe 16, and I'd gotten in trouble. You know, Hmm. it, it happened. My life wasn't, it didn't, it wasn't organized the way I wanted it to be. And so I'd grown up in church and I'd been around church, but I really hadn't had real discipleship. I'd never really been in the word. Our church was kind of a nifty, lifty church. You know, you, you take some text, some nifty text, you lift it out of context, okay. and then you talk 30 minutes about never whatever random before. thing you never want heard to. Nifty, lifty. And so um, what what happened for me was there was this realization that I believe and have saving faith in Christ because the Bible says so. Like, that's really simple. I learned that as a kid because the Bible says so, but I never really read the Bible. So for the first time in my life, I set out to read my Bible. I had no clue what I was doing. Remember, I'm a little older, so this is before the internet. You can't get in. There's none of that. You can't just pull it up. There's no reading plans online. I mean, I had whatever I physically had, yeah. and that was my old King James Version Bible in a box of crayons. Yeah. Nice. So yes. I went through the Bible and started just reading and Love coloring. It. Man, I had no clue what I was doing. No clue of order. No, clue. I'm just, I'm in it. And I really don't have anybody going through the church. I mean, to some extent, they teach these lessons, and I'm really thankful for them. I found Christ in that setting. But it wasn't particularly deep, and it wasn't really discipling. I think all the time, if there's someone at Tri-Cities who for the first time really wants to pursue their faith, there is so many more resources for them than, than I would have had in that moment. There are those reading plans that are there to help them figure out how to read, and not read alone, but read with a church. Yeah. There are life groups where they can go and they can talk and they can ask those questions and they can walk through that and facilitate discipling relationships out of that. There, 
to whatever degree you want to go, you want to go to seminary, you can go to the cohort. So from wherever it is, from the beginning of, I just want to read my Bible for mm -hmm. the first time, all the way up to like a seminary level pursuit, mm -hmm. all that is here. Mm -hmm. um, I'm know, thankful for that. You say that, and, and COVID has changed a lot yeah. in community and in gathering. COVID has not changed. Um, a lot. And COVID has not changed. Pandemic has not changed the opportunities that are before our church family um, to pursue Christ yeah. very deeply in community. Um, COVID has not changed that. And so if um, members of our church family are not pressing in and taking advantage of that, that is a grief. I mean, it is a grief uh, for me, for us, that um, that's not being pursued. Uh, and here's the thought to think about, too. I was thinking about back in the reading, when we read through the Old Testament, you see God's grace and his blessing on his people, the prophets, the word, the revelation. Yeah. But you know what you also saw in that is an accountability. Hmm. They were accountable to the revelation that had been given to them. Hmm. Like even as we come into COVID, just think about the churches you know in the surrounding area. Just the people, good churches, love Jesus. Mm -hmm. How many of them have their people already in a family discipleship plan and a resource with the 18-year scope and sequence, a reading plan that's already been built in, those mm -hmm. study groups that go to work, even things like this. Mm -hmm. Man, what a great blessing God gave us into this season. But by the same token, we will be accountable to that. And so whether we choose to make Christmas, some Christmas lights and a feel-good moment for mm -hmm. five minutes, and, you know, we acknowledge Jesus is born, that's good. Or whether it becomes a moment that calls us with discipline and work to lean in, we'll be accountable for those things. But it will not be because we were on our own and we didn't have resources at our fingertips. Yeah. And so now, even with the internet beyond Tri-Cities, the world and those resources are available for you. So really, this Christmas, let that be convicting and lean in and mm -hmm. give some thought to that. That's really good. But so, all kinds of resources. So for you. tell us about the Christmas give. That's something else that's. Oh, yeah, yeah. Christmas give. Okay. So well, the way that'll happen is each year we hold up an offering called Christmas Give. It's an offering over and above our tithes mm -hmm. and just our regular giving that goes to goes out mm -hmm. of our church to missions. Uh, Christmas gives gets divided into some different parts, okay? So some of that goes to like the IMB, the International Mission Board, their Lottie Moon kind of mm -hmm. offering and those types of things that helps send people like Tommy Hobson. Right. Uh, there's another part of that that stays kind of in a mission fund that's managed in-house mm -hmm. called Give to Go. Mm -hmm. Give to Go helps send people like the Hearts and the Beverly's. Right. Uh, and helps partner with different missionaries and different ministries, including the IMB, mm -hmm. all around the world to advance the gospel both locally and globally. And so what we do is we kind of have this challenge. It's a simple challenge. In the Christmas season, make your biggest gift a gospel-advancing gift. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you're going to celebrate Jesus, make the biggest gift mm -hmm. one that celebrates him by advancing mm -hmm. the gospel. And so we try to hold up some resources to do that. And so you'll learn more about that online. But what we're going to do is build up through the Christmas Eve service. And that Sunday following, just as a church, uh, I know a lot of that giving's online now. Mm -hmm. uh, some of you will be able to gather here with us and give. But it's an opportunity for you to gather around as a family like we were talking mm -hmm. before. Pray with your kids. Pray with your spouse. Talk to one another. Challenge one another in your life group. And give generously to advance the gospel and celebrate Christmas mm -hmm. that way. Incredible thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so to finish up, the big news. 2021. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the next time you see us in this setting, it will be 2021. What is... what? Can we even plan for 2021? What does it look like right now? All right, so here's the hope. The hope right now, you ready to be sad? Sure. 
the hope right now is this is our last behind the message with Daniel and Jennifer. You sad? And we'll sell t-shirts that have this on it. We'll come back for some special editions and do some things like that. But here's the hope of why. We hope to be able to have some in-person study groups midweek on Wednesdays beginning mid-January or so. Uh, One of those will be our Behind the Message group. Mm -hmm. Uh, Right now, there's a plan for three of those in-person study groups, okay? Uh, And that's exciting. That is so exciting. So Behind the Message is one of those, Mm -hmm. all right? Um, There will also be one virtual study group option that will continue into the spring. That way, if you're high risk or you can't get out or whatever that reason might be, you can still lean in. That's going to be a study group that Wes Tucker and a team of people are going to lead and walk through that walks through the cross-reference section of our Matthew reading plan. That's cool. So the way the Matthew reading plan works is you'll begin and end each week by reading the sermon text, Mm -hmm. the specific sermon text that we'll preach from that week. Mm -hmm. The middle section of Matthew has two different parts of the reading plan. One will be reading through the gospel loops. So first we'll read through Matthew, and then after that we'll read chronologically through the gospels. And we're going to just saturate ourselves in those Gospels in 2021. It's incredible. So three days through that Gospel loop, as we're calling it. But then there's two more reading days left. Those are what we call the cross-reference section. Matthew, more so than any of the other Gospels, really aims to show Christ as the fulfillment of the Old Testament. So what we're going to do with those cross-reference passages is go back and study those Old Testament prophecies and those Old Testament uh, teachings that kind of set up what Matthew's talking about. Sometimes there's New Testament church uh, continuation of that, and we'll do that as well. Wes will take those two cross-reference reading sections and unpack them even further in a study group. So as we read and study through Matthew as a church, there's going to be a study group that's going to walk alongside of that, showing how Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament and just connecting all that. You don't want to miss it. Now, that class is also going to be taught in person on Wednesday nights, but we're going to have a virtual version that we'll walk through for anyone who can't be there. We're really looking forward to that. And here's the promise back to you. If we get in a season where we have to go back virtual, where we can't meet in person, we're coming back. (laughs) All right, I'm here. I'll talk Jennifer into it. We'll be back. So if we need to, we will come back. But the hope is we're going to begin to lead into uh, some more study and community. Which is fabulous, which is awesome. Okay, Um, so church family. As we say, a fond farewell. We could do like the sound of music singing out, but we won't. Um, I'm going to pray over you guys, and we're going to pray scripture, and I'm going to be in the book of Isaiah. I'm going to pray Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, and just pray that scripture um, over our church family, Um, and we will be done for 2020. So let me pray for us. Father God, we celebrate, we praise you, we worship you. For who you are, Lord, in the book of Isaiah, you proclaimed, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called. And we praise you for being called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 
And Lord, in this time when things have seemed very confusing and very up in the air and changing day by day, that has not changed. You are wonderful counselor. You are mighty God. You are everlasting father and prince of peace. And Lord, your word promises that you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Father, may we discipline our minds to seek you so that your perfect peace will reign in our lives this Christmas season. We love you, and it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs>